welcome. Happy Mother's Day to the moms. We're so grateful for you. God's grace to us through you. My name is Paul Buckley. I'm the lead pastor here at King of Grace Church, and um, it's my privilege to bring God's Word this morning. We are normally in a series in Ecclesiastes. This morning we're going to pause and talk about honoring moms. Um, we'll be looking at God's Word, of course, as we do that. Um, just want to thank you for uh, all of you who were praying for me this past week. I was away at a, a denominational conference. We are part of a group of churches like-minded, like-hearted churches together on mission uh, called Trinity Fellowship Churches. And so we were down in Frisco, Texas meeting and had a uh, very fruitful time, wonderful time of worship and prayer together, hearing God's word and working through what it means to partner together uh, in the gospel as churches. So thank you. Um, it was very refreshing for me. Very interesting, by the way, Frisco, Texas is a brand, brand new planned city, and they are basically building it to look like, in some ways, Haverhill. Um, so it's really cool. Yeah, they appreciate the old and doing a great job of mixing it. But anyhow, thank you for praying, and it's so good to be back and to be together and to see some of you who are with us uh, for the first time in a year or so. Uh, we're so glad you're here with us, and we, yeah, we anticipate more of this, God willing. Yeah, amen. We still need to practice distancing and mask wearing for a while, but I think we're going to have to think about how to make room for everybody um, and trust the Lord to bring in a harvest as well as a result of all that he's doing. Well, we're going to be in God's word. We're going to be before him and his word today. And we're, I want to talk about Mother's Day. Um, there is one thing that we all have in common, regardless of our background, regardless of where we're from, our ethnicity, our occupation, our preferences, our, whether we're a man or a woman, we all have this in common. We all have a mother. And on this day, it's appropriate to pause and consider what God's Word teaches us about moms. There's a lot that the Word of God teaches us, and I certainly can't go into all of that. But what I want to do is I want to look at God's Word in terms of the command related to moms. Um, I want to look at the Ten Commandments. These commandments uh, we find in, in Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy 5. There are ten great commandments that God has given His Old Testament people and, and in line with who He is as a God of moral perfection. These commandments, of course, apply to us in the New Covenant. These ten wonderful commandments uh, outline what it looks like to relate to God. The first four are about relating to God, and the second six, the second part, the last six, are about our relationship with people. So the first four, you could say, are vertical commandments, and the last six are horizontal commandments about relating to people. And we're going to look at this, and then we're going to focus in on the commandment to honor moms. So let's pray as we get ready to hear God's word, and as we seek through this to encounter God. Lord, thank you for your word, and thank you on this day, Mother's Day, um, Lord, there is core truth. In your mind, uh, the importance of motherhood has always been there, whether there was a holiday or not. And so we want to hear from you what you think. And we want to be affected by your word today. And Lord, there's goodness and blessing in following your commands. So we want, to, we want to experience that goodness and blessing as well. I pray for all of us. Lord, help us to understand your heart towards moms and help us to live accordingly. Help me to proclaim your word faithfully. Help us to hear you, O oh God, to focus on you most of all. 
and be glorified through this, we pray. Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 5. God says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Observe the Sabbath to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servants or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your male and servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. And you shall not desire your neighbor's house, his field, or his male servant, or his female servant, his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. God's word from Deuteronomy 5, 6 through 21. Well, I want to focus in on what we call the fifth commandment, verse 16. And I want to focus in particularly in regards to moms here, because we're called to honor your father and your mother. I want to focus in on moms. I want to talk about what this commandment is and, and how we see it elaborated in Scripture. And then I want to talk about how to obey this commandment. What I want us to see through all this is that we absolutely with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength are to honor our mothers. It is fundamental to what it means to be a human and as what it means to be one who belongs to God. We must honor our moms. So let's look at the command itself. It's interesting. The, this is the first commandment of the second half of these Ten Commandments. We could, again, divide it into the vertical, the first four, and the horizontal, the, the last six. And it's really interesting to look at the order here of the commands. And we see commands like, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not covet. And those are really important ones, of course, right? And we think particularly of do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not break the marriage, your marriage vows, do not steal. These things are really important, but, and you might think they should be the first ones. If you're going to talk about the horizontal relationships, right, it's kind of important to start off with respecting each other, the image of God, and, and not murdering, not even having any intention of disrespecting another human being. That should be first. But what is first? Honor your father and your mother. And this commandment actually has a promise. It's the first one, as Paul says, with, with a promise here. 
So it's, it has priority in the commandments, in the horizontal commandments, and it has a promise with it. And so I think we need to take note of that and recognize that this is not just to be treated uh, equivalently with all the other commandments, that this commandment stands out in some ways among the Ten Commandments, particularly among the last six. It's as if God is calling our attention to this commandment and the priority of this commandment. It's interesting when, when we talk about our lives and at times, you know, if you ask people, are you a good person, they might, not, they might say, well, I've not murdered anyone, I've not stolen, but they don't say, I've not dishonored my mother or father. But if they follow the priority here, they would better recognize that they're not righteous. You and I are not righteous if we use this standard. Here it is, the first commandment on the horizontal level, do not, uh, not it's a do actually, honor your father and your mother. And then the promise with it. So there's weight here. And I want us to feel that weight. I want us to hear that weight. I want us to understand how God thinks about this. And I want us to recognize that we live in a culture that has put this commandment even outside the ten in terms of its weight and said, well, it really isn't that important because, you know, you've got to be your own person. Don't let your parents, you know drag you down, and so forth. There's all these cultural pressures to move the priority of this commandment when God says, no, here it is, number one among the horizontal commandments, honor your father and your mother. So let the word of God and the weight of the the priority of this commandment fall on you. And we'll we'll talk through how, how we get how we deal with that reality. But let the, don't, don't try to deal with the reality by discarding it, but let the fullness, the weight of this commandment fall on you. And we see it, it reverberates throughout Scripture too. It isn't just here, of course, in Deuteronomy 5 or Exodus 20. It's elsewhere in Scripture as well. Um, you could just can go through the Scriptures. Paul, of course, in Ephesians 6, reiterates this commandment. Uh, honor your father and mother. It says in Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So Paul reiterates this in Ephesians 6. So you might be thinking, well, you know, that's an Old Testament command for the Old Testament people of God. We're the New Covenant people of God. We're free. We're forgiven. And, and, and we don't necessarily need the commands in that way. And yet this verse says clearly, no, it applies to us under the New Covenant. There are more commandments in the New Testament than there are in the Old. So we don't leave the law of God. We just relate to it in the, the proper way in our power that, and grace that we have in Christ. So it's to have weight for us as well. And Proverbs has many similar commands. Proverbs, in some ways, is a book that, that um, fleshes out how we honor, how we hear the instruction of our father or mother and live under it. So Proverbs 1.8, hear my son your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. Proverbs 6, my son keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always, tie them around your neck. Proverbs 10, a wise son makes a glad father but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Proverbs is calling us to, to, to listen to our parents and, and it puts the father and mother together on parallel here using poetic language, keep your father's commandment for sake, not your mother's teaching. It's putting these in parallel. They're, they're equivalent, different expressions of how we live under our parents. 
commandment is, is there and, and Proverbs 10, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. I, I actually remember first reading these verses when I was a brand new believer and feeling the weight of them. Because I had lived under the, the cultural uh, tendency to basically hit a certain age and, and basically come out from under my parents. My, my community, my family in some ways was my peer group. And I had done many things to make my parents not glad to be a sorrow to my mother and, and, uh, and I yet I had come to know Jesus and the forgiveness that I had and the weight and the guilt of that burden was lifted and I was, I was eager, eager to start to obey this commandment in a new way. And so my first summer of being a believer, I purposely made time to be with my parents just to enjoy their company and to honor them and to ask them things. And it was a radically different life for me because before I had tried to avoid my parents as much as possible. This is the commandment. This is what we're called to do. And, and there's a weight in Scripture. And this commandment is put positively in Scripture here in the Ten Commandments and elsewhere, but it's also put negatively often as well. And so we need to feel the weight there. So if we look through Scripture, we'll see actually that there are penalties that come with disobeying this commandment. Exodus 21, 15 and 17, whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. Imagine if that was part of our civil code. Whoever curses his father or mother shall be put to death. This was the civil code under the Old Testament. In other words, the police could arrest you and you could be sentenced to death for these things. So hear the weight of that. Proverbs 20, 20, if one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. And then the prophet Ezekiel, when God's pronouncing the reasons for their exile, so Israel at, at this point later on had been exiled from the promised land. They were sent away, they were captives, they were prisoners of war, and they were taken out, and they suffered God's discipline. And God gives them reasons for this, and he says in Ezekiel 22, 7, Father and mother are treated with contempt in you. And he goes on. Part of why they were disciplined, they were punished, is because people were not honoring their father and mother and doing all sorts of other outrageous things with it. See, there's a connection in this way. This is why, part of why, it's the first among the six. Romans 1, where Paul's talking about the decline of cultures. As cultures ignore God and go away from Him, the, the, he mentions this as well. He talks about the decline, and he says uh, people are slanderers, haters of God, Romans 1.30, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. Hear that. Right along parallel to these other terrible things is disobedience to parents. And then Paul says about the end times, as God allows a period of decline among the culture, even as the church is to be made glorious. He says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for the people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. I hope that shifts, maybe, for you, how you regard the importance of honoring a mom and a father in relationship to all the other commandments that are all good and all important. I hope it elevates the priority of this because this is God's view towards this. And, and we could use a good dose of this, couldn't we? In our culture, I know this is contrary to our culture. 
But hear the word of God and hear the importance of this command to honor our father and our mother. And yet also there are promises here. Because God's word is always like that. God's word is good. It's holy. It's true. And so believing and obeying it results in blessing and fruitfulness and promise. It's not that God is there thinking, how, how many rules can I make up just to make it hard for people? No, God is thinking, here's what is good and glorious. And so I'm going to call my people to walk this way, to enjoy the kingdom, what the kingdom is, where my reign is, and what that means, and the blessing that's to come on families, on marriages, on communities as they follow my good ways. That's how the Lord thinks about this. So, of course, there are promises. There are, there are things that come along with obedience to this command. And as I mentioned earlier, Paul says this. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Two things to note here, right? The promise is twofold that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Two aspects of these promises. And of course, we see this elsewhere. Again, Proverbs speaks of the wisdom and blessing. of of life in this way and honoring your father's commandments, your mother's teaching. God holds promise of a blessed and long life for those who honor their father and mother. It seems as we look at this, certainly the commandment is given originally in the context of the Old Testament people of God. And so when it says that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land, it's literally the land, the land that they're going. It's, It's Israel. That you may live in that land, this promised land, and enjoy blessing, and it may go well with you. You might be fruitful in your life and have a long, full, rich life and be a great blessing to others. This is, the, this is what is meant by the promise in its original context. And Paul, speaking of the New Testament people of God who no longer live in the land uh, physically, still uses this, and so we need to understand, well, what is Paul meaning to say if we're not under the Old Testament and in literally Israel in this way. And so what Paul means here is is that it would go well with you and that you live long in the land. And the land would would mean ultimately the, the place of dwelling in the kingdom. Living in the kingdom of God. Both now and future when it is not not just the kingdom that's everywhere throughout the earth, but but on the earth, the whole earth being renewed in the Lord. So this is the land that he's speaking, that it may go well with you here in life, of course, and you may live long in the land that you might live in the kingdom. So there are kingdom implications to honoring your father and mother. So how does that work then? Is Paul saying that if you honor your father and mother, you'll earn the right to live in the kingdom? Well, that would be inconsistent, right? With our understanding, the truth that no one is righteous, that we need a savior to rescue us. We can't earn our way in because we've already unearned our way in in our sinfulness. What I think Paul is saying is is this is how it works. First, if you honor your father and mother who are believers, you'll be open to their instruction. You'll hear what they're telling you. You'll hear their their pleads, pleading for you and pleading for the truth. You'll see their example as they trust in God and lay their lives before the Lord and are honest with their need, honest with their need for forgiveness and power as they live their lives before you and they instruct you in the ways of the Lord and teach you the ways of the Lord, you'll hear it. And you'll understand it. And through the truth of the gospel, 
Christ has died for our sins. He's paid for our disobedience and His death on the cross. That He has offered Himself as the righteous human being, the God-man in our place so that we can be forgiven and counted righteous in Him. As, they, as you hear that good news and you see the impact in your parents' lives and you trust as well, you will enter into the kingdom. That's the first aspect of it. The second aspect, of course, is as you abide in your parents' teaching, as they have brought the truth to you, you will abide in the Lord. And, and though we know that if we are in Jesus, He holds us in His hand and no one can snatch us out ever, we're safe. There's the human side of that, that you must abide. You must abide to prove that indeed he, you do belong to him. So the human side of it is keep on abiding. So abide in your parents' teaching. Listen, to the, remember the things they taught you and the ways that they reflected the truth of God. So that's how you stay in the land. And then of course, you'll endure. You will walk with Jesus throughout your whole life. And then you will dwell in the land forever. That's what I believe Paul means here. There's a powerful promise in this commandment as we walk in these ways. It's meant for your good. And we must see it and we must see past our parents' imperfections, by the way. Right? There's no perfect mom. (laughs) There's no perfect dad. And if you're thinking, well, they have to be 100% right all the time if I'm going to honor them. No. It's never been the case. But even so, in the, even in their imperfections, God in His sovereign goodness is going to bring truth through them. Whether they actually believe in Christ and know the Word of God or not, God is going to use your parents, both as a child and as an adult, to bring blessing and truth. And it is wise for us to honor them, to, to recognize that, and to live under those things. That's God speaking to you through them. Now, We hear these commandments and it's hard for us, right? We hear these things and and we maybe see the weight and we even see the promises and yet we we can feel like, well, I I, I just don't know. I don't even know if I want to come under that thing. I kind of want to be my own person. There's a tendency in all of us, just this rebellion. We don't like, naturally, we don't like the commands of God. When we hear these things, our sinful nature, the result of the fall of mankind is that there's this disposition in us that's just upside down and it makes no sense. But it's there. And so when we hear the command, our our tendency is like, no, I don't want to do that. There's just that reality. We have to recognize that that's there and we need to recognize it as such so that we can find a cure and not give in to it, not to follow our rebellion. It can make us feel guilty too, right? For some of us, Happy Mother's Day might as well be Happy Guilty Day. We feel guilty because it reminds us of how we haven't maybe honored our moms. And we can live in that place. It can be hard. That is an effect of the commandment. And this day can, can be a, a sinkhole. It reminds me of a letter I found from a mom to her son. We can show this letter, I think. Speaking of guilt. Dear darling, happy Mother's Day to you, and please don't worry, I'm just fine, considering I can hardly breathe or eat. The important thing is that you have a nice day, thousands of miles away from your ailing mother. 
I've sent along my last $10 in this card, which I hope you'll spend on my grandchildren, whom I never see. Thank you so much for the birthday flowers you sent last year. I put them in the freezer, so they'll stay fresh for my grave. <laughs> which reminds me, we buried Grandma last week. I would have invited you, but I know that you're too busy and have more important things to do. Well, son, it's time for me to crawl off to bed now. I lost my cane beating off muggers last week, but don't you worry about me. I'm also getting used to the cold since they turned my heat off and am grateful because the frost on my bed numbs the constant pain. <laughs> now, don't you even think about sending any more money because I know you need it for those expensive family vacations you take every year. Give my love to my darling grandbabies and my regards to whatever her name is. Love your only mother. <laughs> I think that's called a letter from an Irish mother, by the way. But, um, <laughs> you might feel like that son in the letter this day. You can feel under this commandment this sense of guilt. And I understand that is a result of encountering a good commandment and being a person who's not always good. We fall short. And the law of God should have that effect on us. It should, it should make us see how we're falling short. Now, there can be unhealthy guilt, and we're going to address that. But that, there is that reality, and I would just encourage you to, to don't, don't freak out there. Let it, let it sit on you, and we bring it to the Lord. We bring it to Him. We go to Him with these things. We look to Him because He's the one who's given us this command. He's the one who's good and holy and right. He's the one who's arranged these things. So it's meant the commands of God and our falling short are meant to drive us to Him, not away. He is good. And there's mercy in God. And, and to, to be honest, um, for me, I talked about when I was first a believer and, and started to change, but, but I recognize now at, at almost 57 that I'm still falling short. And I look back over my life and I think, I've really not got this. I feel like I'm just starting to get it. Part of the sad reality for me too is, is, to, is realizing as I've lost one parent and my mom's still alive, that it's taken me this long and it's taken the absence of my parents to really recognize how, how important they are in my life and how important parents are. So I just want to encourage you not to, not to run away to run to the Lord. And I know it can be complicated. I know your mom might have been far from imperfect. I know for some of us, maybe we've never known our biological mom, but been blessed perhaps with an adoptive mom. I know there are complications. I know there are aspects of this, but, but don't allow that to disqualify what God says and the importance of these things. You see, there, there's in the Lord... There is strength and rescue. There is incredibly good news He has for all of us. Really good news for us. If we come before the law and let it have its way, He would bring us to really good news. You see, there is somebody who always honored His mother. Who always thought of her properly. 
when he was young, he obeyed and submitted and he did treasure the teaching of his mother. Jesus, the God-man, was a full human being, had to learn truth, had to learn the Word of God, had to learn right and wrong in its fullness. How did he learn that? From his mother, from his father. And we know he always obeyed, he always listened. He always did what he should have done in relationship to his mother in his whole life. And then as an adult, certainly it was no longer in a way that was obedience, but in honoring to the point of on the cross itself. Bearing the sin of humanity. Suffering on that cross. He considered his mother. John, uh, the only disciple that was there, and his mother were before him, and he turned to his mother, speaking of his best friend John, said, Woman, behold your son. And then to his friend John, Behold your mother. And it says, From that hour the disciple took her to his own home. He's on the cross. He's suffering for our sins. He's going through grueling agony. Physically, certainly, but spiritually more importantly. And yet, on that cross, he has regard for others and for his mother. Making sure that his mother is taken care of at that point. He was perfect in obeying this commandment. He did it fully. He did it with all his heart, with all of his mind, all of his strength. He loved other people. And he loved his mother preeminently in line with the Ten Commandments. And his perfect obedience was full and complete and pleasing to God and good and sweet. And the good news is that he didn't just do this because he loved his mother and he loved his heavenly father. That certainly is what drove him. But he also did it for you and for me because he wanted to be a savior for us who have fallen short. And he knew that the righteous commandments had to be fulfilled. God couldn't just say, well, you know, I understand, you're weak, forget it. You can give a try, but don't worry about it. No, God in His goodness demands that those made in His image obey the commandments. And because God the Father in His love and with the Son and the Spirit loved us, so loved us, the Son came to fulfill this commandment in its fullness for you. So you don't need to live in guilt. You need to recognize Jesus is the only one that's fulfilled this commandment. And not only did he fulfill the commandment, but he offered up that righteous life on the cross in your place to die for your disobedience to the commandment. To pay for all of your disobedience to this commandment in all the subtle ways, in all the ways you'll, you'll perhaps never know. All your sins are taken upon him on the cross and, a, and atoned for, paid for through his death. And so he offers his righteous life in your place. And he offers his righteous life to bear your sins so you can be forgiven. And through simple faith in him, this is amazing, through simply, simply turning away and trusting him, looking to Jesus and saying, yes, Jesus, I want you. I want your forgiveness. I want your righteousness. I have no plea of my own. Only you. I look to you and I, and I only have you as my only hope. Through simply trusting him in that way, all of our sins are forgiven. All of His righteousness is credited to us. And we stand before God free and forgiven. And now we can relate to the commandments so much differently. We are free from sin. We are free 
from our guilt. We are free. We are free before the Lord, and now the commandment totally changes in, in how we orient towards it. It no longer instructs and condemns, but now it invites and transforms. Now we are free. We don't have to follow the commandments to somehow earn righteousness. Christ alone is our righteousness. We don't have to struggle and wrestle with this commandment under condemnation for Christ was condemned for us. We are forgiven. We are free. But now it's a wonderful invitation to the glories of the ways of God. And we can honor God and bless our moms and bless others and experience the the results of the promises in our lives as we walk in these commandments. It's interesting that the word honor, your father and mother, is the same word for worship. Interesting. It's give weight. That's what it means. Give weight. Make it a weighty thing in your life. Now, certainly we're not to worship our father and mother. That's not the point here. But it is a reflection of how we relate to God. And this is important to see. See, these last six commandments are not somehow divided from the first four. It's not, a, it's not really the, the, the metaphor of vertical and horizontal isn't the best because in God's world, it's, it's integrated. In other words, we honor God by honoring our moms. We recognize that moms are a gift from God to us. And we, when we honor our moms, we are worshiping God. We're recognizing the amazing gift that God has given to us through our moms. Regardless of how great our moms were, there has been blessing. And for many of us, there is substantial blessing through our moms. One of the best gifts you've ever received is your mom. She gave you life. She carried you. She delivered you. Most likely she nurtured you. She cared for you. She considers your well-being as more important than her own life. There's no one like your mom. George Washington Irving, the noted American author of the early 19th century, said, a father may turn his back on his child. Brothers and sisters may become inveterate enemies. Husbands may desert their wives, wives or husbands. But a mother's love endures through all. And good repute and bad repute. In the face of the world's condemnation, a mother still loves on and still hopes that her child may turn from his evil ways and repent. Still she remembers the infant smiles that once filled her bosom with rapture, the merry laugh, the joyful shout of his childhood, the opening promise of his youth, and she can never be brought to think of him all unworthy. So true. My mom is like that too. To a fault. When we recognize the gift of a mom, we are ultimately honoring God who gave such a gift to us. And there's much blessing promised in all this. God wants to bring a blessing to you, to your mom, and to your family, to your children, to your grandchildren, as you walk in the truth of this commandment. There's blessing. There's blessing that comes. There are There are legacies that come from this sort of honoring. I think of Sarah Edwards, the wife of the famous theologian Jonathan Edwards of the 18th century. And we hear a lot about Jonathan Edwards, but we don't hear as much about his wife. There are some good biographies on her. She was quite a woman. And I would submit she was the reason for success of her husband. He would have been lost (laughs) without her. She was an amazing woman. She was greatly revered by her children. Her children honored her 
loved their mom. They saw who she was and they honored her. And I can't help but think that the legacy of the Edward family, which is quite remarkable, 13 college presidents, 65 professors, 100 lawyers, 30 judges, 66 doctors and deans of a medical school, 80 holders of office, three United States senators, mayors of large cities, governors of three states, one vice president, one comptroller of the United States Treasury, all from the Edwards family. I can't help but think that was in part the blessing that flowed from honoring Sarah Edwards. God's promise to us is to bring blessing. So let me invite you to first receive all that Jesus has done for you. Don't let this day be defined by your guilt, how you feel. Don't let it be defined by maybe how imperfect your mom was. Look at it through the reality of Christ who died for your sins. So you can be forgiven and perfectly righteous in Him. And He died that your mom as well might be forgiven and righteous. So live this day in light of Jesus and then in light of this invitation now to honor your mom. And maybe this day is the first day where you will start to honor your mom in a biblical way. Do that as you look to Jesus. Do this, do this in the freedom and power you have in the love of Jesus. Do this according to your stage of life, too. If you're still a minor child, your obligation is to honor your mom, and that includes obedience. Certainly moms need to understand as kids grow older, they need to be given more freedom as young adults, but, but as, a, as a child, make it your delight, make it your worship of God to honor your mom. Don't give in to the culture. And if you're too tempted by hearing that stuff, stop listening to that stuff. Stop watching that stuff. Whatever it takes for you, by grace, to live in what you have and to honor your mom, do it. Find joy in worshiping God by doing that. As you grow older, the relationship shifts, of course. You're no longer under your mom's authority in that way. You're an adult. But there's still plenty of room to honor your mom, to remind her of what a blessing she's been, to point out to her the good qualities that are there, to remember her not only on Mother's Day, but during the week, to call her, to communicate. There's all sorts of appropriate ways to do this. Let me encourage you to honor your mom this way. If you have an aging mom, let me encourage you to, to... Honor your mom by caring for her. There's a tendency in our culture to let the healthcare system and so forth take care of a mom. And certainly that, that can be part of how your mom is taken care of, but don't let the responsibility to care for your mom lay on someone else besides you. Honor your mom by being the one that provides and cares and that's there for her. And I'm so grateful for so many of you I know who have worked really hard to care for aging moms. That pleases God. That is your worship of the Lord. I know it's hard work, but thank you. Thank you for doing that. Understand the importance of moms, and when the day comes to say goodbye, may your words be like D.L. Moody's words for his mom. His mom was such an important factor in his life. You can read more about that in his biography. So D.L. Moody lived in the 1800s, used from Massachusetts, was used by God to lead many thousands and even millions to Christ. At his mom's funeral, he said this about his mom. He was, 
he was there and he loved his mom. He said, her creed was very short. Do you know what it was? I will tell you what it was. When everything went against her, this was her stay. My trust is in God. My trust is in God. I think she is one of the noblest characters this world has ever seen. She was as true as sunlight. I never knew that woman to deceive me. It is the day of rejoicing today, not of regret. She went without pain, without struggle, just like a person going to sleep. And now we are to lay her body away to wait His coming and resurrection power. When I see her in the morning, she's to have a glorious body. God bless you, Mother. We love you still. Death has only increased our love for you. Goodbye for a little while, Mother. Throughout our lives, from beginning to end, we're called to honor our moms. Receive God's grace that's there for you. To honor your moms. Take today to do that and take the rest of your life to do that. I want to encourage you too as well. We've, we've, I've got some carnations. And when you go from here, uh, if you could, uh, maybe one per family, take a carnation and use that as an opportunity to give that to your mom and tell her what you appreciate about her to honor your mom. Let's pray.